And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Boeuf Bourguignon, French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. It's a perfectly delicious dish. So we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we're fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to saute it in this first until it's brown and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it should cook very, very slowly, just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling, you don't have to look at it anymore. Then all let the soft grain out, and then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. There. You want the flavor of the onions and the beef to all blend themselves with the stew. That's going a little too hard, so I'll put it at the side. There. In about two or three minutes, if you have it in the icebox, you heat it up very slowly and baste the meat with the sauce. And then and then you cover it and, and simmer it very slowly for about two or three minutes until everything is tender and hot through. Well, now this is ready to serve right now. Oh, hi. This is Hannah Lotion, and you're listening to Eat It and Beat It on the Two True Freaks Network. Are you ready for your rub and tug? Hello and welcome to Eat It, a podcast about food. Yummy, 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 intoxicating food. I am Mr. Bobby Brownie, and I am here with uh, my co-host, short order cook, Skunkhead Bud. <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. Um, let me just uh, wash washed this down here. And... Uh, Welcome, everybody, um, to another episode of uh, Eat It, and, and there's something a little bit special about this episode. This is an episode, as I was mentioning off mic, that it is a world turned upside down, because, <laughs> yeah, usually, usually I do the cooking, but, and and, and Chris is, is our traveling, hard-hitting reporter with a wealth of knowledge that is unparalleled in the podcasting community, but... For today's show, it's going to be opposite day. <coughs> Chris is doing the cooking, and and I am basically uh, just along for the ride, and, and I'm going to talk about uh, a topic that we decided to do last month in celebration of New York State 
legalizing marijuana. Yeah, something so, I've <coughs> only been waiting for for <coughs> 30, 35 years, something like that. Exactly. Been predicting, so, been predicting the whole time. I was, I was like, it's going to happen eventually. It's just got to happen eventually. And uh, I didn't picture it like this state by state, but I guess it's ha- it's happening. Yeah, it, it's, oh, it's happening. Yes, baby, it, it, it is definitely happening. And and, and I'm torn. Um, and I, I'll, I'll admit, first off here, that I have never had... I've had the opportunity, that's the wrong thing to say, but I've never indulged in edibles which is actually what we're talking about for eat it today edibles and the use of cannabis in food throughout history i've never because my job is uh drug and alcohol tested and i and i uh signed a form when i got hired and i and i work in a disease-filled tube and i'm supposed to be able to save people's lives by cpr and doing macgyver shit i I can't, I can't do it. But I, I, I could have once I was you, off. You might, you, you know, you, you don't want to be all wasted when you have to go Air Force well, Harrison Ford in Air Force but One. You, know? you have to understand that for the most time, when I'm on the plane, I'm heavily sedated. I mean, I'm popping Xanax like Tic Tacs because I basically deal with assholes, and I'm the mask police now. And so I think a toke would probably really help me out in my job. But I had the chance to do it when I was off for six months, and I didn't because I really didn't have anyone to in my immediate – well, that's a lie. I guess I could have. But I, I didn't, and I, I wish I had tried it. But You live in New York City. You could have scared yeah, somebody. Yeah, I know. I, I could have definitely. Taken somebody out of the woodwork. I, I know, and it was it was my – I you know, I'm getting around it, but I, but I hope. To, and I've been sending you pictures of my parents are actually growing two mm-hmm. uh, marijuana mm-hmm. plants. My theory and, is your parents have been heads for the whole time, and yeah, and and now I that have it's to say, legal, they feel comfortable. Uh, you have helped them immensely. The first picture that I sent you was a picture of a male and a female plant, and okay. you set the flares, and I couldn't even finish typing it before you said, "Take the male plant away before it grows little balls." And, Don't let it grow balls. And, and I, I did. And uh, they got another female plant. Yeah. Uh, I, believe, I believe it's called Mexican Cotton Candy. And uh, it's doing real well. And, and last night you gave me something to send them about pinching off and, and all that wonderful mm-hmm. stuff. But but uh, I'm, we're going to talk about edibles today. And, and I'm going to go ahead and, and ask you about your history with edibles. And is it wrong in me saying that... Edibles have been around as long as a pot culture has existed here in the I'm United sure. States. I mean, you didn't. Oh, I don't in the United hearing. States. Look, the only thing yeah. I hear about edibles was brownies, and that was the only thing that 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 I heard about. My friends would tell me that people didn't know how to make brownies because they would be spitting out stems and just and and. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I did research on it and. Let me know a little bit about your um, history with edibles, uh, if if you will. I mean, you have indulged on occasion, I assume. I have. I've I've had some of the commercial edibles before. I had like a, a just a little chocolate bar, you know, a dark chocolate bar, and it mm. was uh, it was shocking. I'd heard I'd heard not horror stories because the people I know weren't horrified by the results, but they were shocked and and. Uh, 
and very very surprised at like once once Colorado and Washington started legalizing stuff and making um, edibles you know I mean the uh, far and ahead the cutting edge of of weed in America is the West Coast you know it's just yes. it was just sort of uh, you know, there's there's parts of you know it's around places where there's a year-round growing season and stuff like that, and it's just always so. You know, once legalization happened, people were already poised and ready to make edibles and had been making them for years. When I went to visit a friend in San Francisco in the late '90s, well, probably more like like '96. It was around there, '95, '96. Um, you would go. You would. Uh, you would walk down the street, and there would be people selling variations of brownies and cookies and stuff that you could get that were very, very good. And in college, every once in a while, we'd get brownies. We knew a few people who were really talented at making, at extracting the THC without, um, without um, having to add all the solid stuff to the brownie, making it chewy and gummy and yes. stemmy Stemmy. And, and there were there were people that just made brownies that tasted good that were really powerful whereas other people you would eat a whole bunch of brownies and be like oh, okay yeah not bad or whatever i think i felt something so i had a, a limited experience with that um making it myself oh boy had a disastrous <laughs> disastrous I always picture this back in my college days, but it was post-college because I was in my band in the early days of our band, and uh, it was this barbecue festival slash band festival out on private land way out in the middle of nowhere where they had just, you know, the the, the 50-gallon drum-sized pigs, full pig smokers just in these rolling hills every, you know... 500 yards there'd be another smoker with a pig in it and then a, a stage and then a beer tent where they were literally just going through kegs so fast that they were throwing them down this hill into a hollow into this huge like you we were sitting they had a big giant cow feeding trough of boiling water that they would just shuck corn and throw in or you could God. take the corn and throw it on a grill and just grill it up and they had big troughs of butter that you could butter it up and we would just sit there eating corn watching listening to the rhythmic clang of kegs getting chucked into this hollow it sounds like a wonderful thunderdome or it was a thunderdome or a wonderful thunderdome when i was a kid I, I, i could go off on stories about this place and some of the it was it was because it was hipsters, rock and rollers, and majority rednecks from the area. So it was an area thing, but the bands also drew people from and related to the, you know, friends of the bands and fans of the band. So you had like total hick rednecks and city people mixing together in a field for three days of uninterrupted drinking and barbecue and bands. So. Well, Went good do, you remember, and bad. do you remember the movie The Day After? Yes. <laughs> well, there was like The Day After where it was an apocalyptic 
earth and i remember people were walking around and one of the scenes i remember that stuck in my head was an entire cow they didn't even take the skin off of the cow they had an entire cow on a spit and they were like roasting this entire whole cow (laughs) and and (laughs) that sounds like monty python's apocalypse yeah as sad as it was I said, you know what? I, if it is the end, the la- end of days or whatever, I think I would like to be at that party. And I could probably I, I just watched, watched about a uh, thing about a music festival in like '73 or '74 that was terrible, went terribly wrong, where <laughs> there were the the, the 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 state they were in, they were not none of the counties were letting them do it, so they found this weird like international water zone where the state. And it was like on this island formed by a river, and uh, they had it on there. And like the food, the food, the catering company was so ill prepared that they ran out of food, and people found a cow that was grazing on the island and <laughs> tried to cook it and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> the day after. The um, day yeah. after. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we decided we were gonna we we had this terrible leaf weed in if you're a weed smoker the leaf isn't going to get you very stoned but somebody had given us a big you know pillowcase bag full of leaf and we didn't know what the hell to do with it and when you have now, leaf, now you for can... the novice is is the leaf part of the bud or is the leaf literally like the leaf of the marijuana plant it's the leaf of the plant yeah and you can you can get fucked up by that or you can you can but if you smoke it you're not going to really get fucked up but if you take enough leaf and and sap the THC out of it yeah you can you can but we didn't know enough about you know making butter or anything so we just took it and chopped it up and we were like we know it needs to bond with fat in order for you to digest the THC so we were like ah let's mix it in with cream cheese and add a few Mexican spices and we'll say it's guacamole because it turned it green it turned the cream cheese green and uh, so we bought a lot of chips and we just had this big fucking glob of this gua- quote on scare quotes guacamole that everybody was just sort of drunkenly like oh, eating probably getting zero beneficial intoxication value out of it it was just the most disgusting it just became a joke after a while but um, yeah it was a disaster and usually, you know, just eating the leaf like that is the only time I saw it work was the drummer for our band basically had the same sort of thing. It was just leaf, but it had some light, light sort of buds in it. And she just, she didn't even bother to chop it up. It was, she just, she baked it first till it was dry and crunchy and just cooked it like, um, um, Rice Krispie Treats. Ooh. And everybody was very skeptical because weed is a very strong, fibrous thing. And if you eat a lot of weed that isn't chopped up or cooked enough, it's going to like just run rampages through your digestive tract. So everybody's like, oh, I don't know. But it was, cr- it was incredibly tasty and effective. It was the only there time I... There is a craft to this, is there not? And and we are probably, would you say now with the legalization, that we're in the golden age of there's edibles, masters, right? Yeah, yeah, there's masters of... Um, there are already secret Facebook clubs 
Yeah, that you can get it on, today. and and they were doing it. They were doing this not with weed, but they probably were with weed in New York City. But they were doing it just with gourmet food, where they would get a chef from a restaurant, and you could pay. You know, you go in with your girlfriend, Nietzsche, you could pay two hundred dollars, and you get to sit in someone's living room, and he'll prepare the meal for every, you know the ten people that are there or whatever you know, and. Uh, but now that's happening with weed, and they're getting four-star chefs who are like weed infused, making you know, feel scallopini or whatever you oh, know. Oh yeah, my my know, research. Some some fancy dinner, fancy dinner. I imagine a lot of them are also like vegan and vegetarian and stuff. But oh sure, I mean my my dinner. My, my you're dinner. not limited now. My, you, can, you know, if you know what you're doing, if. You can get such a distillation of THC, and you could get it like in oil. You could get it in alcohol, so you could dump, you know, like when you're making cakes and stuff, and you dump the alcohol in there, and it cooks out in the the baking, but leaves the THC behind. There's a mil, you know, not a million. Well, ways. it's not my research, um, my uh, research into uh, uh-huh. edibles as <coughs> as going on. One of the, the interesting uh, – mankind has been eating uh, cannabis or forever. I mean it, 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 it goes back 50,000 years. And when early humans were – they were probably like wandering around the earth, stuffing whatever they could in their mouth in hopes, you know, hopes that it didn't kill you or it was made you nutritious. Um, and maybe some woman or a man eventually popped a cannabis – butter flour in her mouth and they licked uh, sticky resin off the fingers. I didn't know there was resin, but now there is. Oh, yeah. They got high and eventually, you know, they, they figured out, hey, this is, you know, this is this is good. But for the most part, um, the edible or eating cannabis was mostly medicinal. There was a lot of medicinal. And it was probably because they didn't... Um, they weren't able to extract or breed the early hemp plants to get that THC out uh, as, as good as, as they are now, which took me down the rabbit hole of did George Washington, the father of our country, smoke pot? And I did this <laughs> whole this whole fucking uh, rabbit hole, like I said, where do you remember dollar bills that were passing around? They had a little word bubble that someone had stamped next to George Washington and said, yep. I grew hemp. Yep. That is what, you know, that was trying to tell people that, hey, the father of our country smoked pot, make it legal. But it's a controversy. There's several theories. And the most accepted one is that George Washington, even in his journal, it was heavily into growing hemp because it was a big cash crop. And we knew this even before marijuana became legal hemp is an incredibly versatile crop that can be used to extract uh oils uh that 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 were used for medicinal purposes you could make clothes out of hemp you did so much stuff it was legally mandated for farmers to grow hemp during certain parts of the country big cash crop and George, and George Bush senior's life and George W Bush by extension actually owe their existence to hemp fibers because not know that because um, the straps of the parachute that that George Bush senior used to when he ejected from his fighter pilot that, or premature fighter ejection. jet that was going out <laughs> yeah it was going down and he had to eject 
and his parachute had hemp fiber straps on it and ropes. There you go. And and, and he he owes his life to hemp. And it, it most most uh, historians believe that uh, that the president didn't smoke it, but he w- he wrote extensively in his journal about planting it in a part of his land called Muddy Bottom or something like that, and how he did not separate the male plants from the female plants. And his first crop was uh, not crap. His first crop was a mess. Well, his first crop might have been a mess. I don't know. Uh, well, frankly, and, uh, it usually is. Yeah, it is. And um, you know, it, but then he, he later writes that he was going through such pain that there may be a chance that he may have uh, used the oil to relieve the pain in his mouth because you know he had terrible teeth. Or he may have taken a little toke now and then. So I'm going to put it up to the, uh, you know, we had a lot of tobacco back then, but I'm going to put, it, I'm going to put my no, uh, it's notch in good, the cap that he probably good did. Good odds as a normal per- It's like it's like betting on somebody in modern times who maybe has taken triaminic in their life, or maybe drank um, a little bit of uh, Nyquil for 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 fun (laughs) you know yeah you know that that was i mean you you could buy tincture cannabis tinctures you could buy there were cocaine tinctures there were heroin tinctures at certain points there were there were different attitudes towards drugs for for a, a long time because i personally think a lot of well a lot of it has to do with racism because it was a way to but it all a lot of it i think also has to do with the uh you know the the invention of modern um, um, anesthetation. Uh, you know. Um, of course, anesthetation. Hey, hey, yeah, you know that you could put somebody out and do an operation on them, or you know, and 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 stuff like that. So before that, it was just like, yeah, slather them full of some heroin and opium. You know. Oh yeah, opium is another rabbit hole. Yeah, and and give them some for afterwards because they're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be in agony at home too. So there was, you know, and and after that, once it it, it got past that, there was, you know, they started cracking down on it. Well, how about this one? There are those that believe that that's Battlestar Galactica. Hang on. Um, there are those that believe that the United States is the cause of the worldwide like ban or or uh coming up your nose at marijuana because it was so prevalent in every culture from the ancient from ancient hindu to the islamic culture where they would uh well we hash. did we, we demonize we actively we demonized de- it yeah, I think and, that we demonized and then it. we actively demonized drug use and and you can see the line of how people thought about drug like there was a time period from the 60s to through the 70s into the 80s where marijuana, you know, until the Reagans, till exactly. till say no to drugs. There was a time period where it was just like, yeah, everybody smokes pot, you know, from grandma to, you know, it was it, Cheech and Chong. There were movies made on the Cheech and Chong were basically like what W.C. Fields was to alcohol with pot. But, they, you know, it was universally just sort of. 
accepted as you know not with everybody as the greatest thing but just as sort of a part of life and it doesn't seem to really do much harm to anybody then the 80s just took out you know drug use in general pot everything under you know was just bad and that can only last so long because you just don't have friends that are dropping dead from pot use and are like dude Dude, I had to go suck some dick because I needed under some an overpass. Pot, you, know? you always suck some yeah. dick under an overpass. Well, I, I always picture like a um, a Greyhound bus station or okay, something like that. You know, that's something acceptable. somewhere seedy. Next I had to the to overpass. Insert seedy place here and and get seedy myself for for, for pot. It just, uh, I mean, that was a joke in in that that um. That in a movie, I don't want to say recently, but it was in the nineties. It was like the, <laughs> in some, that the, but yeah, it it had been around for everywhere. I mean, like take the the, the Persians, uh, or well, let's go to to the, the in India first, okay? Um, they made a a, a drink that was called uh, charas, and it was a hash drink, and it was called charas or bahang. And all the way back to the 12th century, it was customary to give this beverage to guests and warriors before battle. Now, I don't know how much good it would have done to warriors before battle. Maybe that's not the best, the best idea. Well, hashish was all over the world, too. That's where the word assassins came from, actually. Yeah, I have that actually here in my right. The word assassins, the word hash comes from hashishan. The Persian word for assassins, which uh, is uh, unfortunate, uh, but yeah, uh, the assassins just like getting stoned like everybody else, so they just associated it with them. And, and <laughs> my my study said the United States basically forced the world to outlaw cannabis in the 70s, you know, and and but other countries, you know, if you go up in the fucking mountains, they're still drinking marijuana infused yogurt drinks made with honey and spices and i want to go to india because a a, a yogurt drink with honey and spices sounds pretty goddamn good to me you know i had a guy i had a friend who went to Kathmandu, and he said that like with he like at one point he just sort of like surreptitiously was like hey you know we're uh young american hippie could get himself some pot and everybody burst <laughs> into laughter because they were just like because pot is Go considered the like the poor person no no it's it's the poor man it's like if you are just on the dregs of can't afford anything that's your intoxicant of choice and they were like Oh yeah, we can get you some pot. Yeah, we'll we'll go get you some pot tomorrow. And then they he woke up in the morning and they just left a duffel, literally a duffel bag, full of just like giant pot plants that they'd picked. And there were whole mountainsides covered with big budding <laughs> plants. They were they were, yeah. Wasn't Midnight Express? Didn't that guy get fucking? fingered for hash or something on that he was trying to carry back into the yeah uh, that wasn't in Kathmandu. i can't remember i, I want to say it was in turkey Bolivia. It was in turkey turkey, it was in turkey. yes yeah, of was, course it was the in turkish turkey. prison yes yeah the turkish revenge but you know we fucked everything turkish up because delight. 
<laughs> no, I don't think it was the fucking Turkish Delight, which I've had, and it's not that good. I heard Turkish Delight isn't that good, so maybe it, it was, sort of. No, it's not. I've had it. I've been to Turkey. Beautiful country. But uh, let's uh, let, let's travel back in our time scene to the Middle Ages for a second, and I'm going to give you a quick recipe here, and you let me know when you wouldn't try this, okay? Where does this... If we can get to the end of this recipe and say, yeah, I would eat that, then I'd consider it. You know, it, it's a good thing. Now, we're going to go back to... Um, Uzbekistan, okay, and a food called kukand, and it's made from cannabis. Are you okay with that ingredient so far? So far. Okay. So far, sugar. So sugar. Okay. Saffron. Mm hmm And egg whites. Okay, is it... Beaten is it egg like, whites. Uh, um, whatchamacallit, those uh, fluffy... Yeah, yeah, like you, a, you, a meringue. You, Is it like a you, meringue? You wouldn't quite make it into a meringue, but you would whip the egg, the egg whites, and you would uh, give this mixture to baby boys to ward off the pain during circumcision. Oh. Or it was, or it was eaten by women to put them in a happy mood uh, when oh, there was man. a man I around. I just wanted to say meringueana. Yeah, and it was called joy porridge. Oh, well, joy, joy porridge. Is I'm sorry, joy porridge. Is that made sounds like with, a porn term, okay, man. No, here's joy porridge is made with slathered with joy porridge. Joy, no, it's made with almond butter, cannabis, spices, honey, and sugar. I mean, they had great names: joy oh, butter, happy soup, Cambodia, happy yeah. soup, man. I mean, these are all these are all great things that that. That, that are just gone because of P and so I've been trying to tell everybody. I anyway, I can and I can't help thinking about um, these poor sons of bitches that got thrown in jail for having some weed in their pocket, maybe on their third strike, you know. And now here it is fucking legal. So so what does that mean for people that are doing time like on the, the three strikes fucking rule here that we had in uh, California? And now all of a sudden they're looking out and going, Man, I got thrown in jail for something that People are getting later. rich for what I yeah. Not it, even, not even, not even for like even if some like that's if somebody was like a dealer, but somebody who just had like possession now they're just like people are getting rich off people like me who just wanted to smoke some pot. Yeah. Here I you am know, in prison. It, it, you know, I mean, to me, I don't know. You know, it depends on what the first two strikes were. You know, <laughs> yeah, two plucking out eyeballs. Strikes where they were just going out beating people and stuff. <laughs> okay. and the third All right, strike thanks was for throwing they got caught with weed. Then I'm like, well, well, you know, <laughs> wet blanket. Maybe, for my yeah, maybe the weed theory. isn't the real reason they're in prison right now. You know, so. Uh, but right. there's, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people who all they did was like something to do with pot, like. You know, yeah, you, I, just ridiculous. Uh, but if you're gonna go to people that did the best or worst early on, some of the finest culinary masters of cannabis, we have to go to the Jamaicans and the Rastafarians and their Ital diet. And it 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 avoids it it, it stems from Vital and avoids processed foods like meat, sugar, dairy, alcohol. Uh, and and but what the doesn't of what the doesn't St say you stick can't around do for the you, next episode to yeah. the next part because we will be uh, we will be coming back to this. Oh yeah, so yeah, so but you had no problem fucking doing anything you want with with weed, man. And so these guys, they were masters 
of it was fucking part of things. a lot of them. It was part of their religion, so there were people and it is and people don't about it. People don't believe that, but it's true. I know some Rastafarians here in New York. My one of my uh, the guy that that refinishes my furniture, his name is Farouk, and he's from Jamaica. He's the upholsterer of the people. And I had him do a chair, and he wanted to come and look at. He had to do a couch. I'm sitting on it now, but he wanted to come to my basement to look at the couch because he's he was a uh, upholsterer for the people, and he had the big you know dreadlocks and the thing. And and I went went down there. I drove him back to my place, and uh, you know Mark, my friend Mark, he was had a roadie, so he was drunk. And then and then. Uh, uh, my upholsterer starts sparking up this huge fucking blunt. So I'm driving down the car, driving down the road with a guy with a goddamn vodka tonic in the roadie and this this Rastafarian smoking a joint in my car. And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm just gonna die. But yeah, no, it's part of their religion, man, and it really is true. And it is not bullshit. You know, this is this is this is really an important part, and not unlike. Um, well, like any religion, Coyote, there is an know? element of bullshit to it. You know, there's de- I yeah, okay. I definitely know some like, like you know, I've 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 known a, a spectrum of of Rastafarians, but I've known some Rastafarians who are full of shit, who are just are you telling you know, me Farouk is full of shit that the no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying, like any other religion, you know, there's some people well, who uh, are like really really intensely like, you know really really into it you and you can t- you can tell the difference but like yeah i there was a there was a time period in the in the 90s where it was trendy to be rastafarian on on the street down and the white where i lived so I, yeah i got to see a lot of bullshit but <laughs> at the same time i did get to smoke a lot you know i you know yeah there was you know and i've you know i've seen arguments amongst rastafarians about like how you know how sacramental you should be in your weeds should you be smoking weed with a bunch of hippies on the street you know in in the trendy part of town or should you be in a more you know with other people who are all smoking it for the same reason as you it, it, it's 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 very interesting but i'm 1000% down with the religion that lets you smoke weed i i believe the buddha there's there's Buddhists will eat weed too in and, some. Yeah, and, and you know, American Indians do sure. peyote. I'm fine with all that shit. But in studying edibles and uh, what is one of the most popular ways to consume them is butter. And mm-hmm. I had no idea that 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 people made they infuse it. They infuse the um, CDC. No, wait, it's not CDC. What is it? It's uh, THC. THC into olive oil uh sure and 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 it's actually available in a powder form now that you can you can add the powder to and but one of the things that i found was interesting that one of the things you have to do to your buds is decarboxylate have you ever heard of that you must decarboxylate first which is some people do it in crock pots or you could do it in the oven which is Basically, um, it's baking it or heating it up uh, so that it, it, uh, it, it to decarb in the oil. I'm not sure what decarb in the oil means, but uh, to make this special uh, cannabis butter, you have to do this first to the butts, which was a totally 
new thing to me. It was just a, it's just a learning experience. And you can do this by heating your oven to 245 degrees and you cook the buds for 30 to 40 minutes and you mix the buds about every 10 seconds. And if you're tight on time, you can do it at 350. And uh, this is how you, and, and then you grind it and you steep it in your oil or in your butter, or you can use it in the slow cooker and you just let it go in there and it's in, it comes out like a, like a, a ghee-like product that doesn't go bad shelf stable and you can cook anything in it and uh it was a fascinating oatmeal in the morning yeah whatever you want that's the fancy that's the fancy way they're doing it like like a lot of the decarboxylizing can happen when when we get to the cooking part you know that yeah i definitely did not go through that procedure ever in my life I didn't but know it does there was... probably it does probably like affect the quality of it like radically to do that. I I, I didn't know there was a CBD and a THC. Now mm-hmm. the uh, the CBD doesn't get you high if I'm correct, right? Correct. Or do I have it mixed up? It's 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 the stuff like your 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 oils uh, for medicinal purposes. You know, I, nobody's I've, been able to prove that. Like, I looked any... at that, and they. They still say that you know what if you're if you're if you're having olive oil that has CBD in it, you could still test positive. They they don't know, which I think is bullshit. Right. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, pretty much the only thing that I could get away doing without a prescription is psychedelic mushrooms because they do not test for for that. Yeah, they but, have to take a spinal tap to, yeah. to work <laughs> that gonna out. Fucking, I don't think that's no. going to go over. Absolutely not. And then there's THC. Which is mixed in things, and that's what's going to fuck you up. And I binge-watched today a, a cooking show on the Food Network. Uh, I forget what it was called. And I and it wasn't very good. I'm not going to lie to you. They had it set up like like a master chef or were compa- where they, everyone's cooking a different recipe. But they had to use uh, cannabis in it in one way or the other. And one guy cooked some stuff in cannabis oil. One guy made a spectacular-looking burger that he had cannabis butter like slathered on the bottom of it. It, it wasn't a very good show. When, when Ricky Lake is one of the judges, um, it, it just wasn't that good. But it is very in vogue now. And, and I think that we should probably open up a fucking cannabis restaurant. I mean, we can do that now, right? not against the law theoretically theoretically yes theoretically well well theoretically it's probably going to be about a year and a half before you could open up that restaurant and you would probably have to get some sort of you know there'd probably have to be some sort of permit and stuff about so that like people know how much they're getting when they eat a meal so that you have like but that that goes along with the process as they start as they start doing it you know they're gonna start having more and more efficient ways of like determining <clears throat> how many milligrams of THC are, are are you gonna get in those that stack of pancakes you know yeah they, they so were trying you're to gonna say... have to do all the there's probably gonna be all sorts of like I've heard to like to grow it's like a hundred grand right off the top for like your for permits and for you permit. know permit to do it yeah 
So probably for a restaurant or something, they'll be, you know, they'll probably be, it'll, it'll be like a liquor license or something, you know, it'll be an added series of regulations and hoops that you have to jump through and, and permits that you have to buy and, and stuff like that. And it'll be a lot of competition. I don't know. See, I'm getting old, so I'm just like happy to just, you know, I've been waiting so long. I'm happy just to go sit down and eat in, in, in one. Although if I was going to run a restaurant, that would be <laughs> the kind of restaurant I would want to run. Well, who the hell sure. would? I would I... rather do it Cheech and Chong style and just be all they would be were the best fucking um, corn dogs you've ever had. Oh, you know? or, or as it, Chong. You just have a street cart and just like corn dogs, man. I forgot what movie it was where Cheech and Chong were in fucking Europe and they were in Amsterdam and chong ordered the uh, fungus mungus salad <laughs> it turned out to be just just a bunch of pot on a goddamn plate you know and they were just destroyed uh on, on that but this is normally i guess the part of the show where we would click over to herder's uh corner but you know what yeah, Herder has looked, nothing on Herder this. Herder has nothing to say about this. And I went through my entire Herder library. I mean, there was stuff about, you know, how to get your wife to stop smoking cigarettes and how to change uh, from smoking cigarettes to smoking a pipe. But there was nothing in. So I, so in, in, in Minnesota, they don't do pot. Okay, because Herder, you know, I'm sure he had some strong theories on it, but but he didn't. He doesn't have anything. So we're going to we're going to, you know, tuck. George Leonard Herder in the bed, and this is where they are. Our little show is going to take a, I, a a different turn. I have to say I this: look. I was on eBay the other day, and I looked up Herder, and I there was definitely about doing seems that today. there seems to be an uptick in interest in him because there's a lot of Herder books and like products that's still in their boxes that you can a buy. A lot of his stuff. catalogs you can find. So yeah, yeah, but I mean the the number of listings that I found had like increased markedly since the last time show. a couple Just years ago. Our show. I mean, so I, if you're out there, the, I, I mean that's the only conclusion that I can come to. Absolutely. I mean, the guy's been mind, dead for like fifty years. I mean, look, uh, we know there's his three volume opus of uh, Bull Cook's uh, incredible authentic historic recipes, but I recommend trying to track down George the housewife. Which he gives you household tips on tips on tips um, tips on everything from uh, uh, you know uh, cleaning and and how to get your wife to lose weight and and uh, and views on abortion and 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 there's another of his books actually entitled um, uh, how to survive if you married a bitch. Um, there's multiple is, copies on eBay. I don't know what they're going for. I got mine for a bargain when I got it, but there's a book the, about his taming by his wife too. So you know, yeah, he uh, it goes back and forth. Yeah, I, I think he might have lost that. Yeah, he he is the um, the Hemingway, you know, uh, the the next Hemingway overlooked. But it, back back on track, I didn't do any cooking this. this I did. Uh, that's right. We are totally, this is opposite day. A world turned upside down. And not only do we bring you the most incredible, highly researched topics of any podcast ever, but we also bring you cooking. And you did the cooking today. 
I did. So I would like to, uh, to, to talk a little bit about that and uh, take it away, man. I'm actually going to relax here. I'm going to pour myself another little bit of a, of a drink here. And I, I want to hear what you decided to, uh, to make for our listeners today. All right. So normally you'd be hearing a herder recipe, which means it would be listed as the greatest version of this you've ever heard of the epic version or i'd be like the virgin mary here's my here's my beloved brownie recipe that i do (laughs) that everybody loves and it ain't that this is your basic fucking playing video games whip this up for the friend you know um yeah uh I, i i i just didn't have the time to do the like i like to extract like if i have pot to get turn into butter i like to use a method where you put it in water and you have the butter and the water and the pot all together and the water will sort of take out the the grassy flavor of it while the pot will will all get the thc will all get absorbed into the butter and then you just you just let it cool down and skip and you know pick off the butter off the top do you strain this you can, but like, yeah, if it, it depends on what, how, like, I've seen people do it with cheesecloth with all the weed and cheesecloth tied off in there and just, but and then squeezing out the, but either way, you gotta like squeeze out the weed because it's all soaked with oil and stuff. But it, it's, it's a, it's a process, but it tastes better and you end up with no matter in it. You can put it through a sieve or whatever. No, I didn't do this. I had, I had maybe like five grams of <clears throat> good, but li- like kind of leafy bud. It was not very. It was not super trimmed. It was. It was. It would. It'd be less. Ex- it would be good pot, but less expensive because it's. It's gonna. It's gonna taste a little leafy and stuff like that. But it was a good amount for a, a set of brownies. So then I decided I also had a little chunk of hash, and I'll throw that in there. No, for and the then I was for, like, for the novice out there like me, when you say pot and you say hash, what is? Well, I'm even when like I say such hash, a now it's it's not as much hash like hashish you would get like from so turkey. So it is a sticky substance. That is but sticky, it's 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 when people are uh, when you're um, uh, well, you know, in Turkey it would be like when they were doing the fields there would be like the kids would be helping to harvest and walking around with bare feet and then they would scrape the the sticky resiny stuff off their feet and, okay and there's but there's chemical processes to make hash and stuff but nowadays mostly people just take like the the little particulate the called keef that's just this dusty i saw that granules and they'll Pictures. they'll mush it down into hash so i took some of that that's what that was and i took some of that threw that in and then i had some keef that had been just sort of piling up for a couple months Keeping in my around. grinder. And well, when you grind up weed, like you'll have a little screen in your grinder and all the keef will fall through it and just leave it in there. And it's, you can just sort of sprinkle it on top and, and smoke it. But I just, I just put all the weed through the grinder and, and took all the stems out, threw it in butter and sauteed the butter for like 10, 20 minutes and didn't worry about it too much because it's also going in the oven for another 20 minutes and then i had cheap dollar store pillsbury brownies mix Ooh, nothing wrong with that 
you know, add an egg, add a couple tablespoons of water in the butter and uh, mix it up in an eight by eight pan, 25 minutes, zing, zing, cut it into four pieces. I ate half of one of those quarter pieces and I'm glad I didn't eat the whole thing. That uh, Usually this would be the part where you'd be tasting it, but if I tasted it now, I wouldn't be feeling it till we were done recording. So <laughs> this is like... And, yeah, we, an hour, an hour and a half before we started recording. Yeah, we right? actually touched base this evening and and said, "Hey, what time do you want to record?" And like, well, I want to record uh, so that we can get the full effect of this. So we 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 switched our recording. It's a world turned upside down. We we uh, if, we definitely if I ate it during the, if I ate it during the show, by the time I f- started feeling it, it would be getting close to bedtime. You know, yeah, and, it's like and, I'll just go to sleep. And, you and know. I been so incredibly upset that i can't have anything like that and be on the same basis or or same level as you are that i decided to take a um the quaalude that i had been saving for special occasion that was given to me by a friend of mine that used to work at the playboy bunny club here in new york and hopefully someday i will have her on uh she's a co-worker and maybe someday we'll have her on for an interview which she has fabulous stories uh, and so that that's Fabulous. why stories from oh, the Playboy Club. From the Playboy Club, and you know you you are you're spot on. You're you're you know it, it, if anything you know you're you're probably more charming and more intelligent when you've indulged. And me when I indulge in a I have no problem with pills. I'm a stammering idiot, but I I, I wanted at least to be on the same cosmic plane, if not. Uh, by taking any edibles as you are, but I, I'm a pill popper and I'm a whiskey drinker. So there, there you go. A, a wonderful, wonderful recipe that, that I wish the hell I could try. And the next time I have, what is it? Six well, months, six months to get clean. How long does it take? Yeah, technically three months, three months. Yeah. See if you're not using next... any kind of flushing, flushing method. <laughs> now you can vape. Too and, and sure. can you vape and get the same? Uh, it's a very get... popular. It's different because when if you burn it, it there's a lot more a lot of different chemicals produced that that commingle and stuff. So it's a different feeling. Uh, when you vape it, you're just evaporating the THC. So it's much more. It's hard to describe, but it's much more like eating it. It's it's a much more. Um, um, mellower it's, it's mellower it's mellower it would be something like if if you know so, like a couple guys at the office on lunch break take a few hits off their vape they're not going to come into work with their eyes just like blood red go like <laughs> you know and like with chili dogs hanging out of the corners of their mouths and stuff they'll be you know they'll go in and and play their video games like they usually do at work yeah okay well yeah i mean hey i yeah i've got yeah it's it's it's, got you've got the answers so it's different yeah it's a it's a vast varied and you know not not only in the method but in the different kinds of how it was grown and and all that uh, all affect how you're gonna i have to make it fun you know it makes it fun it's like jazz music (laughs) <laughs> I have to say that this kind, was a, you could be a connoisseur, you could like trashy, you know, it's all there. 
I have to say that it's nice being on the other side of the table, as usually I'm the guy that has had uh, sautéed crunchy crickets with fucking lemon pepper spice on it. Nope. And, and you're asking me how they taste. And, and today I'm throwing out across the table in the proverbial ping pong ball that is the intelligent knowledge that gets back, uh, talked back and forth on our show. And you are answering the questions that I've had. You know? I've been, I've been, yes, I've been building my knowledge of that for 30 some years now. <laughs> I've been that's, that's wonderful. And, and, and maybe there are some people out there like me that have not indulge in anything but uh, pharmaceuticals and liquor and that maybe we open their eyes a little bit to the world maybe. of edibles that's if it's not coming to your state yet it's coming soon maybe but most people are hip daddy-o these days from right. grandma um, to to little toddlers yeah when when my parents are growing, <laughs> when my parents are growing it in the backyard they all know where it's I, at now daddy-o I when mean, my parents are growing it in the backyard and i can't even indulge in it then i'm just a big square <laughs> but uh but with that, I'm I'm looking over into our green room, and there is a haze. It is a in, green room. That's it really good. is a green room, and the door won't close because it it's coming out, and there seems to be, you know, boxes and boxes of maybe flea market flying magazines. Just I didn't I, know. I'm, like, I'm gonna go. I didn't check know it smoke out. could be so thick that it would, like, make a door not. Closed, exactly. <laughs> you know, it learn. looks like a, it looks like a scene from Backdraft. It's got mats. I, I I think that we should both maybe uh, inhale deeply and uh, hold it for as long as we can. Yep. And uh, go our, check out and see what's going on over there. Put on our hazmat suits and wait in there. Fuck the hazmat suit, man! I want the full effect. I'm, I'm I want to do like version. I want to do like the alien movies and dramatically take my helmet off and someone goes, "Safe, <laughs> take your helmet off." Look. I just want to pop my my uh, my fucking pot cherry. Okay, that's all I'm looking for. So you wear your hazmat suit. I'm Good going luck. in naked. Wait, wait You're gonna have to wait till they make flying high airways. <laughs> I'll buy a ticket. I'll be a frequent fly higher mile higher mile higher. No wait, that's a different story too. Uh, uh, I'll be a frequent flyer of the higher airline. There you go. Frequent flyer mile higher. <sighs> Beautiful, beautiful. You tied it together. Never retire. Like, you tied you tied it together like the literal centipede that you are. Ew, the human centipede. That's what oh, they call ooh, it. That's a, That's not a <laughs> show. That's that's for one of your specials. Okay. I hate it. That was my nickname, and then it got ruined by that movie. God All right. So we'll we'll see you on the other side. I'm gonna get some Doritos. You okay with that? Sure. All right. Hey, hempheads! It's old hippie Mori Wanna Clawhammer. My people are getting a little long in the old tooth. That's why I'm announcing a chain of retirement centers that cash in on legal weed to provide our residents with a recreation of their heyday in a safe, friendly environment. Welcome to 69 Patchouli Drive. Just think of Hate Ashbury, minus the pigs and squares, but slower. Every resident will be assigned their own flop pad with your own lumpy futon and an attractive kitchenette. Check it out, man. You get a free lid of Primo Maui Waui every week, your own bong, unlimited rolling papers, and a roach clip attached to a crow feather. Out of sight. Come down to the commissary for breakfast and have our electric prunes. 
They'll keep you regular and keep you perky with their infused cannabis oil. Then see the real electric prunes playing every Tuesday at a matinee at the communal mud pit. Because they live here too. We offer a full physical therapy staff and offer such popular activities as sit-ins, be-ins, fly-ins, and nap-ins. And a brand new shuffle bong court. And wait till you get a load of the free love orgitorium. Every medication and food item from hemperoid cream to hemp cream sickles is infused with the reefer to accommodate a lifetime of acquired tolerance. Come check it out, brothers and sisters. We'll keep you mellow yellow unless it's jaundice and then it's a trip to the hospital in the magic ambulance. Tune in. Turn on and drop most of your life savings on the last stop before the big Hendrix solo in the sky. Truck on over to 69 Patchouli Lane and get a tour. You may never leave. Hey kids, if this sounds like your folks and you have power of attorney, give me a call and we'll talk turkey. Hello and welcome to Beat It, a podcast about porn. I am your host, Bobby Blunt, and I am here with my co-host, Dave. Dave's not here, man. No, man, it's me. Dude. And you're probably wondering right now, how are these two guys going to connect marijuana and and pornography because obviously there's probably pornography out of their people smoking pot while they're doing their pornographies and we could go watch them and report on them and say like we saw a girl doing it doggy style and she smoked a joint but no 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 that's what you expect because why be so narrow-minded with your definition of pornography why does a pornography always have to be about human sex or human nudity? Now, I'm not saying it has to be about animal sex or nudity. As a matter of fact, I'm saying it shouldn't be. No, so but it is our can, show. That, so, 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 it, um, we're, you know, no, I'm saying, I guess I imagine it could go into the mineral into the animal vegetable mineral could there could be mineral porn but we're going into vegetable porn guys and it How exists the fuck is this vegetable porn and it is not only exists it is oh, it is apparently legal and has existed since 1974 oh, yes it has and i'm talking about Everybody's favorite magazine, for those who remember magazine, physical magazines, although it is still a magazine I think you can buy physically and online. I can I am get into that. The, the, the ever-popular High Times magazine. Oh, High Times. This magazine was pornography for weed. Yep. And, and as with our first topic, I, I've seen High Times, but not only have you birthed birthed this show but 
I'm going to let you also cut the proverbial umbilical cord and slap it on its ass and uh, talk a little bit about high times in in your life or was it something that, that I mean, it was always at the... The liquor I can, store or the I can head always shop. remember seeing it on on the on the shelf at the at the at, at, in um like cigar shop cigar cigarette shops you know head little shop. dimes dime stores I yeah that head shops were not really anything that we really had around that like I could walk into until I was like in high well, school and that our we had one head shop and it was basically any buying any paraphernalia was done over mail through the mail yeah, for Are us. Head shops still a thing sure oh now they're now they're now they're blown glass pipes and stuff yes, like that. yes oh okay. yes paraphernalia shot and they have vapes are figured in but yeah the head shop is has evolved with the times and rolled with it's the good to know it's good to know but um yeah high times was meant to be the porn magazine for people who like their drugs and specifically weed because every month there was a centerfold called the it was advertised as a centerfold and it was just big juicy close-up pictures of weed and the paraphernalia around it and i have to say in in looking into the different types of buds and what would you call the actual part of the plant that you smoke the buds but yes. it's actually really kind of beautiful isn't it oh yeah you, you can, can find some their shades of purple and, and shades of of uh, i had no idea i mean i i knew a little bit about it but when you look at at high times and especially the um evolution of the magazine that that it really is well you could do it you could do it as a joke but no they 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 approached it as real porn they got real you know they went the hugh hefner route and so let's get some really good photographers here they really did although you know it has a lot to it 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 started in 1974 uh i guess the the original guy who started was this guy tom for code for cade and he was part of the underground press syndicate and the first editor was ed dwyer which is fun when an editor is also named ed and uh this this sucker was selling about as much as rolling stone and like national lampoon when it got going it really was and if i'm gonna ladies and gentlemen just i'm gonna if you don't mind i'm gonna pour we have if we could i'd like to have a moment of silence for my bottle of Cornelius's Applejack small batch distilled Hudson Valley apple whiskey because it is now done. It's done. And it got us through the hard times of the uh, of the pandemic for at least the last seven months or six months. So just a moment of silence there. Mm. And now I'm I'm cracking into the Basil Hayden's Kentucky uh, straight bourbon whiskey. Beautiful bottle. Uh, I'm going to have this, and we're going to get into a little bit of what you had said about High Times. And, and you're right. The first issue was made – it was published in 1974, uh, and it was actually meant to be a joke. It was meant to be a single-issue issue lampoon of Playboy substituting uh, marijuana for sex. And the magazine was uh, being funded by 
<laughs> the magazine was at the, was being funded by drug money from the sale of illicit marijuana. And before you knew it, the magazine was like 35 years old. And and um, yeah, it's like a Cheech and Chong movie. It's like a Cheech and Chong movie, and it, and it's still and it's still uh, it's still actually out there. Uh, and the only place I remember seeing High Times was I would see it at Kavanaugh's Liquor Store, which was a liquor store right across from the grocery store that I used to work at and it was always like on the top shelf you know and i didn't uh, was it highly read do you think i mean does it was it yeah <laughs> i mean i don't if know it was I, mean, a, I mean as a kid we always got a hold of copies of it and it was uh i mean we weren't as interested in this obviously as say like national lampoon which we called national lampoon and uh playboy and penthouse and stuff like that but like Playboy, like even if you were a kid that was say not into drugs, it was full of like underground cartoonists. The articles were crazy, you know, or sometimes very like political. And yes, yeah. the, the ads are are oh, hilarious. They so were, and yeah. and it's and you know they it was very liberal with the swearing and subject matter. So. They, they they were fun to read. It had it shared a lot of the. Uh, I mean, they they published books by Paul Krasner, who was an editor of Screw for a while. A lot of the underground. Co- there's just a lot of the same sort of talent that was going into Screw and Playboy and underground comics, all sort of poured into one. So. Yeah, I got a stack of them that goes through the now, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. That, so you this know, is something that when you see them at a garage sale or flea market, you will definitely pick up uh, High Times um, if you can up get your hands on it. Up to a certain point, yeah. Well, it, it, once, it gets, once it gets past the 90s, I'm not exactly. really interested that's, in them as much. They're more of a glossy magazine. That's where I'm taking it. it right now uh the first you know, issue, 70s and 80s yeah i'm yeah. down with any issue i see first issue was a dollar 50 you could get a subscription for 14 dollars a year and they're right on the cover of issue number one you had a woman strangely enough in a in a you know kind of a gilligan hat or something and she's looks like she's going to eat a mushroom uh sedacious sedaciously is that what i'm is that word sexually seductively it's just like she's just going to eat this mushroom uh and right on the cover it lets you know what uh the articles are going to be one of them was hemp paper reconsidered which i thought was going to be um the rolling paper but it's not it was paper made of hemp uh it also featured florida's justice and uh nine tons uh larry's ultimate trip Marijuana slash wonder drug question mark a lady dealer talks and of course market quotations and you're right the ads are hilarious when you open the you had I said that I had never read this uh, you sent me um, links that gave me like every magazine that I could <laughs> I could possibly want so I did look at the first issue and the magazines are hilarious uh, the ads are hilarious as a guy uh, the first ad is like get a gob which apparently had this this bald-headed guy grabbing some stoner by the by the fucking scruff of the neck saying get a gob and a gob of cigarette papers and you could uh, go ahead and then become a gob cigarette papers salesman rolling paper salesman if you wanted to 
um, they had letters to the editor, which were hilarious, hilarious. One guy wanted to have them finance an entire trip to Turkey with him for him so that he could report back. And uh, on all see those, those those are always fake because it's no issue, it's issue number one. They, that's the that's the crew writing. Let's write some edit, oh. let, letters for the editor up so they're There's having not fun. Not a Santa Claus either, is there? You totally messed up my entire. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, recollections of a lady drug dealer dealt with uh, Leanne, a 25-year-old NYU dropout and a photographer for a major New York magazine who became a pot dealer, okay? Uh, Nine tons of pot and seven men. It was about seven dudes that got busted coming from uh, through Florida in a boat uh, with uh, nine tons of Jamaican uh, bush. (laughs) I like the way they called it, bush. And then there was hemp paper reconsidered, which is a look at hemp paper for writing and the history of it, which was fascinating. Then there was a sci-fi story called Terra 2, the intergalactic space ride by poet, psychological, psychologist, prophet, and sci-fi writer Timothy Leary at the time was in prison in Vacaville Jail, which is not far from where I grew up. Uh, so it, it was a it, it it read a lot like National Lampoon. There was a tantric yoga section, a special news spread, health. The wonder it, there was a wonder drug. There was a law section, a music section, <coughs> a movie review, Fantastic yep. Planet, which is a movie that I still have on my iPad that I want to watch. Books, cuisine, where they talk about butter and the market prices of pot. So it you know I I really enjoyed the. Looking at that first issue because it was nothing like I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I've got the. I actually in my hands I have the episode, uh, uh, the second, the issue, second, which oh. is oddly only one dollar. Yo, we're sounding a lot to like back to and, the bins now, aren't we? And like a real magazine, instantly the nerds write in. So like, you remember you were saying the cover had a girl about to eat the mushroom? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a letter from somebody, William Fisher in Memphis, ten- Tennessee, telling him, actually, that's not a really psychedelic mushroom. That's a toadstool that she has. So there were so toads. Uh, there real. were trolls so around you, even back then. Why are you lying liars? But it's got, uh, I was, uh, I was uh, Kennedy's drug dealer. But uh, just to let you, just to give you a taste of the, the porn aspect of it, let's, uh, Let's uh, flip into the centerfold, which is actually loose. So it's it may have it may have I got this at a rummage sale, so this may have been up on someone's wall at some time. And it's called Call Me Brick. And you know how in Playboy, before you would open up into the naked girl, you would have a little introduction. Oh, a teaser about what was coming in. This is what this is. It's big letters, Call Me Brick, and underneath it's some text. It says. Some folks might call her square, but our harvest gatefold knows better. A native of Colombia, our October oblong grew up close to the soil with her shapely stems planted firmly in the ground. In a rich, golden tan bespeaks of months spent basking in the sensuous sunshine. Our hallucinogenic heliotrope doesn't plan to let New York's big city hustle spoil her freshness now, unlike many other arrivals from south of the border. Jesus. I, our I mean, cubic, 
our cubic can of oh i'm not done it's just it's heating up well i'm already hard what the fuck else are you gonna read our cubic cannabis doesn't get all broken up trying to please every new acquaintance. But with all these gringos promising to get me in the papers, caramba, he can go to your head, says our Latin American charmer. Luckily, we were the first to unwrap this an ample 20-pound beauty, 15 by 15 by 7. I play hard to get, but you know, but you know one taste of me and you North Americans will forget all the others, says our budding beauty. I've been waiting a long time to feed your heads, muchachos. And then it's a picture on on silky satin sheets of a cubic brick of Mexican <laughs> weed, the cheapest weed <laughs> that you could get it. through the '70s. It was considered the dregs, but they're you know they're just like hey, in defense of the dregs. So yeah, with a little pipe filled filled with weed next to it. By the 80s, it was sensuous, full color, you know. Yeah, it, it really. Um, no holds barred photography. How? But, um, let's see. Lots of music. The 74 one, they were just starting to figure out what they wanted to do, you know. So I, I also, I, you know, the, the, like the, the, um, the quotations. I'm gonna get a, a later edition for the quotations because they re- they got their shit together more with that as well, as the time went on. Well, that, but, as the time went on is 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 a good way to put it because high times really did ride uh, the marijuana or the pot bandwagon uh, from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and into the 2000s. I mean, tell me. How the how I mean I can we can look back the 70s was that probably like the golden age of you know pot culture did you see would you say the 80s hippies would tell you the 60s and the 70s 70s? okay but they're full of shit I mean I think once I think there was a time period in the 90s where there was a complete change in the 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 weed the most of the weed was like we just saw in our centerfold here a brick of dried out mexican seeds and stems you know getting the the really like cultivated stuff was something people did in their basements for themselves and their friends and sometimes you got a little bit of it but it wasn't widely distributed Unless you're on the West Coast where it was sort of a gourmet thing and, you know, they would have the cannabis cup and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and people grading their, you know, doing gourmet blends and, and special crops and stuff. But, like, sometime in the 90s, and, and there used to always be a pattern to where in the fall there would be a drought of weed and you couldn't find weed anywhere. Nobody would have it. and And then... After the drought, it would come back again, and then every year there was always a, a, a drought time, and that just stopped. And, it, and it, there was a big influx in indoor growing, and people. And now all the weed is much more potent and flavorful, and uh, it's it's been abundant since the 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 early to mid 90s. So that would. I, 
I would say now is the golden age of pot because now you can well, go in yeah. your backyard and grow it. But I, I'm I'm looking more to ask you, like uh, when it started to saturate, uh, not necessarily the quality of the pot itself, but high times did they ride with the cultural, uh, like during the eighties, you know, when we well, were in yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, stoners, yeah, Cheech and Chong movies. There was a whole I don't even know if I want to call it like underground pot culture, but there was like a, an open pot like oh these yeah. are stoners. They're they're behind did High Times magazine evolve from the sixties when you had the hippies, seventies, you know, uh I think the late seventies I mean, it started, we started to get... it's, it's post-Manson, so it's... it's yeah, do you, do you it's, know what I'm talking it's, about, There's though? hippies involved in it, but it's post-hippies. I mean, high times start... It's 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 all about pop, but it's also flavored with, with cocaine and hallucinogenics. And basically, not big. they're not big fans of heroin, but they also are not, like, super, like over-the-top judgmental about it but they're not like here's the best ways to do heroin you know and i don't think they had heroin in their in their market quotations but they certainly would have quaaludes and cocaine and uh the earlier issues and i'm talking i looked at the later issues i seem to notice like in the first issue maybe not in the second but there seemed to be an absence not an abscess but an absence absence of how to grow pot how to get the best yields was this something that they maybe were walking a thin line and they really didn't want to piss people off maybe not no they you. leaned into that but once they got going that's when you add ed rosenthal who was like basically the guy who taught everybody in the country how to to grow he eventually was like a monthly column, you know, the, every month there were five, ten pages of Ed Rosenthal telling you how to set up a, a grow room, you know, and pictures of like huge grow rooms in undisclosed locations. And was and, and they published books by, you know, the, the yeah, the, there were a lot like of most books people's available. Bible of indoor growing. So, you know, once, you know, the technology of it had to, what happened is people figured out how to do in like hydroponic growing so you could do it in, in your basement with lights and stuff like that so then once that got developed by all the people who were enthusiasts and they started is you know once the technology developed high times was notorious for you could it was sometimes it would be there sometimes it wouldn't depending on legality some states you couldn't buy it but that you know they would make i can't remember the available. name of it it was right, not available was, in Canada. But you could but, order this like closet that you could put in your room that was all set up to grow like three plants in it, you know, and, and everybody wanted they were like a thousand dollars and everybody was like, Oh, if I could get a hold of one of those. Well we've you know, we've and, talked about uh Larry Flint and, out of them. and Penthouse and, and the backlash that the government had about Penthouse magazine. Did High Times have to start I, as as I'm sure line. They, they did all the time but i'm sure they also by the time they i mean the, uh, obviously it was financed by drug money and the, and they talked to lawyers and i'm sure they got 
they they crossed a few lines but they didn't get run i mean they're still around they're they they're a brand I mean, now they, they they're basically owned by some conglomerate now they, but they are they built a brand strong enough to sell to like you know generic magazine.com or whatever well i'm sure but, that there's probably some states that you couldn't buy high times and and you probably. couldn't buy it in canada like i had it was not you could not get it in canada um it was not sold there but it really was an innovative first issue uh i i like that and and i guess sometime they being that they evolved with the times um the biggest criticism of the magazine now as you had mentioned was that from what i had read in my research is they lost some of the tongue-in-cheek uh aspect of the magazine when they found out hey how do you make this magazine when pot is legal in so many different parts of the country that it's heavy uh, it's i mean the, not the a counterculture it's a counter yeah. it's it was a counterculture magazine and then when it became part of the culture then it just became a culture magazine so high times was like okay high times is like oh we're selling more episodes when we put cypress hill on the cover yeah, you know, and we so have people, and yeah, 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 music and stuff like that. It's just associated with it because there just wasn't a taboo about smoking pot, you know. Well, at, let's at, at look that at... point, and it wasn't all, and it was also not something that was just like as much sort of hippie and counterculture yeah. people. It, yeah. it crossed through all different, you know, different demographics. Well, by this time. We had found out that it was essential to the to the recovery or the staying fit for people with HIV. Uh, that it was great for glaucoma. That it was help, beneficial to people with rheumatoid arthritis. And to and, and <coughs> high times was way ahead of the curve on they all were, of that by like decades. So the first after a while, high stories. times got yeah, and, and after a while, like by the 2000s, high times was just legit because a lot of the stuff had, that it had talked about had been proven true or was or at least was like on the way to pointing in that direction and uh so well, yeah there yeah. Goes, it's like when your favorite rock band hits it big you know there goes all the rebellion about it when your parents are like i'm going to that concert too so and yeah to me mad magazine is a perfect example uh uh, you know they they evolved with the times and and it, i think one of the reasons why it, it's not even around anymore is that it's just it, it morphed into something different i'm not saying it wasn't better but let's look at the the last pdf uh, ep, uh issue i was able to get was 2018 so we looked at what was on the cover of the first issue but you can see how it had it had definitely grown into like maybe almost like cigar magazine you know where the topics on the first like issue, maxim or something yeah something exactly the, well, the first the topics on that of, of the uh july of 2018 magazine were grow the biggest in the world cloning uruguay um expert advice on indoor gardening uh and so you could tell from from what they had put on the cover of the first magazine that that this magazine was more of a technical 
and the ads in it that they had a lot of ads it went to like almost 130 pages from 50 pages to the first issue and so many of them are ads like you had mentioned of you know lights and the hydroponic systems and and uh it was like thumbing through a gq magazine and looking for the articles where there were just so many ads for all of these different systems and stuff that you can buy. Well, they, it's almost it was a combination of a of a culture magazine and a trade magazine, and that yeah, and that was their bread and butter. And there's people and everybody. That's just like stereo and th- any kind of enthusiast. If you have your grow room down in the basement, there's always room for improvement, and there's always some new technology coming up. And, you know, so, so yeah, it's like anything. It's like getting Golf Digest every month. You yeah, exactly. I mean, the first few, you know, years of the magazine, it, it basically survived on this outlaw founder that you had been talking about, you know, and a war on drugs. And uh, it was it was so rebellious. And from from the research that I did, it 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 really isn't because, you know, pot is is something totally different now than it was it's in, it's in ingrained in the culture. It's not. It's it's just not an outsider thing. It's not. That's looked a per- at, yeah. It is not, not an outsider. Stained. Thing. It's not. Yeah. And now that it's becoming legal, it's just becoming mundane. So it's, who who was know, the founder again? You had mentioned his name. Uh, uh, hang on. It was. Uh, it is Tom for for Forcade. 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 I'm not sure how it's yeah how it's pronounced. For Cod. I, mean, I mean, you know, this guy had, had trouble, Frenchy. trouble with the law too in, in his in his time. But uh, but the main criticism of the magazine now is that it is very very slick, very corporate. Yeah, it's uh, it's you can read you can sit in an airport and read it. And nobody's gonna bat an eye at you anymore. You know, it, it's yeah. not. You don't you, you won't have to hide them under your bed from mom or whatever you know as a matter of fact it's like there's no kid that's gonna want to read high times magazine it's all on the internet you know anything they well, want to know about their favorite music yeah. or growing weed or whatever and they do a t- t- tutorial on high times YouTube. has made that jump su- successfully not only to the internet but also to um, sponsoring uh, pot of the year contests and and uh oh yeah no they they, i mean they had the like ed rosenthal was the master of like how to grow pot you had chef raw who was their jamaican chef i told you the rastas would come back he was a rasta chef and he published books and chef raw would have a recipe in every issue you know well they did they they did definitely do a smart thing is when california did uh legalized marijuana they went right away and moved their headquarters to to california sure. yeah and why and why wouldn't they and and the company was actually said this is this is our chance you know we're going to start they started selling uh, stock at 11 dollars a share to uh to people and it uh it did get sold uh it was acquired uh um, yeah, they did. They basically did what company, Mad and National you know, Lampoon did. Yeah, it, and and they've taken it to a different level. And I want to read a quote to see if, if you agree with this. Uh, High Times has become emblematic of the uh, corporization of cannabis, and I can think of no better symbol 
then what has happened to it? Has it become too corporate? I mean, I don't know if you if you if you read High Times or you just kind of glance at it. Yeah, well, it's one. literally owned by some mega corporation that just buys up buys up you know properties. So it's a, it's a, just an owned. It's basically just running on its name, and you know any kind of memory or association with it, and you know, and they'll you know. They might be, they might be, they just might do like, oh, limited run of the magazines to put up in, in a few places and have a website with, you know, articles and Willie Nelson and... Yeah, oh yeah, that's, that's an important part of the magazine, you know, it, and, actually... and, and then just like marketing, then it's like, they, they, they're like, ah, it was worth buying it just for, we sell, we still sell High Times t-shirts, you know? So it, it definitely it, became the playboy of pot. Yeah, mag- magazines are done. They just polished off magazines. There's no, u- there's no practical use for them. There, uh, it's no. only like aesthetic. If you want, like the, because imp- magazines weren't really, for the most part, made for in-depth stuff. Although High Times was of that era where they would have in-depth articles, uh, well, like we you know, forget thick, thick legal articles in them and stuff, and also written from sort of the are the uh, shady point of view so you got a more you know d- a different view of it than say if you read about it in the paper or something you know you, they were they were you know they would be like well these guys got busted with nine thousand pounds and then we hear they got these guys you know so it was a different point of view it was borderline you know easy rider motorcycle gang magazine yeah i, I think people stuff, forget but, about what an important part of magazines were <laughs> in as, as, as far yeah, back as maybe can, 10 years could, ago. They, they we were something to read that would take up your time. They are not and around they, anymore. They weren't a big commitment. If you had a magazine, if you had time, if you were trying to waste time, you just like read the magazine until you either finished it or you had to do whatever you did. And if you had to stop to hey, Dave's do whatever, not here. whatever you were doing, you could, you know, just like, okay, stop and then, you're, you're not, you know, you get just read the other articles later or whatever. But now that you just take your phone out or your computer out and you can amuse yourself yeah. for 15 minute chunks and stuff. And, the, and and most, you know, there were there were there were scholarly magazines and stuff, but they well, were all, I can mostly say, they were just like bites of information. You know, the big the, magazines were like time, yeah. which were just like condensed the versions of, of the magazines. I used to find after I would land from a flight we would all walk through the cabin and collect literally like handfuls of people magazines uh time newsweek everyone brought a magazine on board if you're lucky maybe you'd find some jugs magazine tucked in a seat back pocket but they're not around anymore and 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 they have to reinvent themselves either via the internet or no, they're too or, expensive to make it's yeah publishing I mean, is expensive these days think about this at one time high times magazine had a uh had an audience of, of subscription audience of like five hundred thousand, and copy they were selling the, that many of, of issues, and that rivaled Rolling Stone and National Lampoon. And even in in 2014, its website was being read by almost the same amount of people. Uh, five million people were reading it a month, and the staff grew to forty. Uh, you know, grew to 40 people from almost nothing. But uh, it, it did fall on hard times. Uh, 
you were asking if it was still being published now and yes it is but you know during the pandemic they actually it's, had to shut down everything it was it was yeah, not and they didn't know if they were going to come back but they are back now and you can still uh get the magazine but their main presence like so many other magazines now is via the interwebs you know yeah it's 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 pointless now it's it's time to move on like find back issues for the fun stuff but it's yeah. it's it's served its purpose and yeah and weed porn is like you know people just why 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 get a weed porn magazine when you're you can just go down the street and, and actually perfect some example last night i sent you pictures of my parents bought plants and said what do we do next within three seconds you had directed me to a youtube video yeah that i just picked randomly out of yeah i picked randomly out of 40 tutorials that told me how to count up six leaves there and pinch uh you know right there pinch it off so that full description of two buds that are going to grow out uh from where i pinched it it's going to give you a square bush, not a Christmas tree bush. It's going to give you more buds. And, you know, why am I going to pay, what, maybe, I don't know how much an issue of High Times goes for now, but I'm probably going to say about four ninety nine yeah. if you were to find it at, at the newsstand, no, maybe yeah. even more. No, yeah, but nobody was buying High Times. <coughs> by the time High Times came out, they already knew how to pinch off their buds. Like, High Times, they were learning, like, the exact, like this is our enzymatic you know if you get the enzymatic level to about 0.56 and then add two milligrams it, it got it, it by the time they started talking about growing pot it was so deep and nerdy and th- those were the sections i would just go gloss gloss yeah. look at the picture of the grow room and go wow and yeah, gloss over it because it was it was scientific gobbledygook you know yeah, that was. That's <laughs> but that's what the I thing is, the people who were writing it were no dummies, and a lot of it they would they would take excerpts from books. They got some lots of really interviews with people who wouldn't do interviews with other people with other magazines because they knew they could just do a straight you know an unedited interview with High Times. So it was it it, it had its time period of you know there was a golden age in the 90s of magazine where magazine there were a lot of magazines coming out and a lot of interesting stuff on weird topics and and it was it was interesting but then it then that was just the surge before death <laughs> you can see all these magazines that were trying that were sort of when in the early days of the internet they could do it a little faster than the slow dial-up internet so they all the, like bizarre <laughs> magazine if you ever see any copies of bizarre magazine they just cut shit off the internet they just chopped stuff when you look at it it's just a collection of memes and little little story bites of stuff that, like you would see on your facebook feed but they would just collect them and put them into a magazine because it would take you hours and hours and hours to download all the images that they had there so you just had sort of a fast version of it but then the internet caught up and whipped past that so and then they're dead <laughs> yeah well i you know All I, dead i do miss i do miss magazines i i i miss national lampoon i i i miss to some extent um well, maybe not because mad magazine became shit here's the thing is with with all those magazines there's so many back issues that now it becomes a search form so you can still like 
I can like I, I'll spend the rest of my life finding new national lampoons that I've never read before or haven't read in 35 years and it'll, will be like new. So it's they they haven't really gone away and now yeah and they'll turn up at garage sales and and stuff they've just become a collector's item now. I guess the same can be said for um, High Times, but it, yeah. I mean, you can still look online, and some of the magazines do go for some pretty decent sure. money. Cheech and Chong on the cover. No, magazines are—that's the thing—is they're collectibles, and now they a lot of them get they, they, they were they were something that was not made to last. They were supposed to be consumed and and chucked in the trash. So, uh, you know, so, and stuff like Mad National Lampoon, people saved them because they were fun. They were funny or dirty or funny and dirty, or, and you know, so they were gonna bear up to years of reading. But at the same time, then you know, someone goes off to college and th- they go in the garbage, and <laughs> they, they that's do. that. You know, they, it happens all the time. Hospitals so there down. There's a limited number of them. So, so now, now they're sought after. Yeah. And it, it, if you come across an entire box of them at the garage sale, you're 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 gonna pit, you're gonna buy them, right? I mean, most likely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the, if I come across a big Depends box of jugs. Depends on what the, the price is. But yeah, price they're, they're is right. Yeah. That's uh, that's High Times magazine. Uh, how much did they did they uh, in closing did they did they help fortify that pot culture or was it gonna do it by itself? Because I remember in no, the eighties, in mean, the eighties, man, you know we had. We had mentioned Cheech Chong. We had so much of this. They, of this. Oh, this guy's a stoner. They and... flogged Jack Herrer, and he was the author of the book "The Emperor Has No Clothes." And I, I've know people who've known Jack Herrer. I've seen videos of Jack Herrer. He's kind of crazy now, but he's the guy that wrote the book on marijuana legalization and why it should be legal, how it became illegal, and the ridiculousness of its illegality, and and. High Times sold that book for years, and that set like there's so that book turned so many people, you know, changed so many people's minds that yeah, they definitely had a had just having it on the newsstand lends credibility, even if they don't want it out there, it meant they couldn't shut it down. So that that meant there were enough people there to afford lawyers to keep them going, which yeah. means yeah, so yeah, they definitely can they can sit and the the people who started high times could go like yeah we did they did something <laughs> <laughs> they did something which yep, is a lot to say where we are the, the not a small part of where we are now is owed to high times well i raised my glass to high times and you can raise your brownie to high times magazine Shit, i'll light my bong to high times <laughs> Shit, let me take a swig of this fine bourbon here whiskey to High Times Magazine. Long, maybe they'll they'll uh, be digging up, like not unlike the um, the papyrus Dead Sea Scrolls. Maybe there'll be some High Times magazines in some cash box or glass John Wayne hookah head somewhere <laughs> buried, and the archaeologists will find them and say, "Wow, this is incredible, man! You know, people, we can, this must have been the, the start of something really big." But. It was a. This whole show was very eye-opening for me. I knew nothing about, relatively nothing about any of this stuff, and I enjoyed the research. And I, 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 I think I learned a lot. And I think maybe we should wait for that restaurant idea we have. If we can, uh, 
maybe get a, a van a la Cheech and Chong that's entirely made out of pot. No, I'm saying for God's sake, somebody at Flying High Airlines hired Dario so he could finally Please. eat. So I can just eat finally sm- eat or smoke some weed. Get some of that hippie lettuce. Yes. Mary Jane. I'm cool. Get this poor boy some devil's lettuce. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show... Please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Have you been, Lord, friendly, my son? Oh, make my bed soon, for I'm weary from hunting. Yeah.